Hello and welcome to episode 177 of the LDS Study Session with me, your host, Matthew Roberts. Before I dive into uh, today's study, I just wanted to thank you, uh, everyone that is listening uh, to this podcast. We now have over a thousand listens on uh, CastBox, which is fantastic. It, and it's really not what I you know, it, it originally intended this uh, podcast to be for. As a, if you listen back to the very first episode, it was initially just for me to be able to have a further motivation and a place to record my, my personal study. Uh, and of course, if anyone was, was interested in what I had to share or wanted to kind of share anything else, then uh, it was there as well for that purpose. Uh, but to have, you know, over a thousand listens af- after a, a number of episodes is is great. It's fantastic. And so thank you very much for listening. And uh, if you like what you hear, then uh, then I encourage you to leave a, a review. Uh, it's the first time I've done this, really. But I recognize that uh, if more people are going to hear the things that I've got to share or anyone else that's got to share, then it'd be good to get some reviews so then um, more people can hear of what's going on here. Um, yeah, so... Obviously, it's hitting a chord with some people. Uh, and so, yeah, if you're enjoying it, please do share uh, and uh, leave a review and on, whether, on whatever platform you listen to, whether it's CastBox or this podcast is available on Apple iTunes or, or Apple Podcasts, I should say, uh, Google, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, and a few others as well. So please do leave a review wherever you listen, uh, and it'll be great to... Uh, have the word spread, and then I can hear from more people. I, don't, I haven't had, as you know, at the end of every episode, I ask people to kind of share what you've been studying with me, uh, whether it's through Twitter or through email. And, I, and I'll be honest, I've not really had anyone uh, share anything. Uh, and I would still love to hear something that you've been studying, and, I, and I'd love to feature it in a, in a late in a future podcast. So please do, uh, if you if you get the opportunity, or if you if you can, at least just leave a, a review. Uh, that would be fantastic. So. We'll dive straight in uh, to uh, our study, November the 18th to November 24th, uh, which is James that we're looking at. Uh, and we're going to continue with the section which is called Faith Requires Action. And if you remember, we left off at the well-known verse at James chapter 2, verses 17 to 18. Well, after that, those two verses, we dive straight into verse 19, where it says, Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. Uh, you can also you can you can hear this kind of sarcasm almost uh, from James that you know to have faith means to believe. Okay, well, devils believe that that there is a God, uh, and they you know tremble because they know that He is God, and that's making the point that well, if you want to you know be right by the sight of God, you need to do more than just believe, because they believe and they're devils, <laughs> and so um, you know I think that the that he's trying to make a point here that uh, there is a lot more to be done than just have this belief. Um, in a talk in April 2010, The Rock of Our Redeemer, uh, this was said by Wilford W. Anderson, who said this, quote, Faith in the Saviour requires more than mere belief. The Apostle James taught that even the devils believe and tremble, but true faith requires work. The difference between the devils and the faithful members of this church is not belief, but work. Faith grows by keeping the commandments. We must work at keeping the commandments. From the Bible dictionary, we read that miracles do not produce faith, but strong faith is developed by obedience to the gospel of Jesus Christ. In other words, faith comes by righteousness. So, uh, close quote. So, 
again, a very important point that this belief alone isn't enough. Uh, and then James, you know, not happy or content with the point he's made, continues on. He gives two examples of people in the scriptures who had not only faith, but their works were kind of their standout points or the things that saved them ultimately. One of the examples uh, is Abraham. In uh, James chapter 2, verse 21, it says this, Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was, made, was faith made perfect? Um, so he's making the point that Abraham didn't receive the great blessings of the Abrahamic covenants and so on. Uh, he didn't receive the, the, the fullest extent of the blessings available to him until he actually did what the Lord asked and was willing to go and offer Isaac uh, as a sacrifice on the altar. Um, you know, Abraham had faith and belief before that, but that was really the defining thing that the Lord saw, meaning that he knew that Abraham had this faith uh, that was so strong because he was willing to do that work. Uh, another one, which is a, a bit more interesting, well, I say a bit more interesting. I mean, I say a bit more interesting because we've all heard about Abraham and the story of Isaac, uh, those I assume that listen to this podcast. Uh, and so it is a, quite a clear example. This one is uh, a bit more obscure. Uh, in James chapter 2, verse 25, we read this. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and she sent them out another way. Now, to help give you a, a full picture of what's going on with this and who Rahab is, uh, I'm just going to dip into the book of Joshua in the Old Testament. So it seems that uh, in Joshua chapter 2, that Joshua sends uh, two spies into the land of Jericho. And they go and they, and they find a house, uh, the house of Rahab, uh, and they live there. But then uh, somehow it gets back to the king of Jericho that these two spies are, uh, are, have entered the land. Uh, into into Rahab's house, and so the king sends, you know, guards and, and so on after them, and they get to that, uh, and they're on their way to the um, the house of Rahab, and she hides them. So basically, she hides them uh, on on her roof, and covers them in in uh, flax or stalks of flax, so they can't be seen, and then. Uh, she says why she's hiding them, uh, that, you know, she knows that the Lord has given you the, them the land. So she clearly believes in the, in the God of Israel. She believes in Jehovah or whatever you want, name you want to give uh, him. And then uh, she also hears, that she's heard the things that have happened as they've traveled, um, the, the Red Sea, uh, the two kings of the Amorites and so on. Uh, and so she wants to hide them so that uh, she can stay on the right side of the Lord, basically. Uh, and she asks that if she hides them, then uh, they, they will spare her. And not only spare her, but also spare the people uh, in her house. And of course, the men answer, well, you know, thanks to you, we, you saved our life. So, you know, when the time comes that we come, then we, we're sure the Lord will bless you and keep you safe. She tells them where to go and, and they leave. Uh, and it's an interesting story because it's one that we don't hear often, but it also exemplifies the, the real kind of, relationship between faith and works. Rahab obviously believed in the Lord um, and had that belief and, you know, had assurances of that faith when she heard of the things of the of the tribe of Israel or the group of Israelites traveling through the wilderness and the many miracles that followed them. 
Um, but then her, her faith was tested because, of course, hiding these two Israelites would have been, I'm, sh I'm sure, a death sentence for her. However, uh, she knew, similar to, to, I, to Abraham, that she could only re really follow the, what the Lord has asked her to do or what she knew the Lord would, would want her to do um, because of what her faith uh, has told her. And so she hid the people uh, and she sent them on their way. Uh, so, yeah, it's a, it's a very good example, really. And then James, in chapter 2, verse 26, um, then kind of underlines this discussion where he says, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. And I love this comparison. Because the body and the spirit, of course, we know that's one of the purposes we've come to this earth, to gain a body, to be able to live with a body. Uh, that our spirits may be complete as a living soul. Uh, and so faith without works, that relationship between body and spirit, is so key, and it's literally one of the purposes of life. Um, so this relationship between, between faith and works is just as important, which I love the, uh, the analogy of. And you can also like, liken faith and works to body and spirit as well. I would liken faith to the spirit and the body to the works. That I guess faith on its own can start to exist and live, but it's not complete without the body, without the works that go along with it. And as they work together, and then the potential of this body and spirit is, is fully maximized, uh, which is, you know, again, a great uh, analogy given by James. Uh, Dieter F. Uchtdorf, um mentioned this uh, relationship in April 2016 in a talk called He'll Place You on Your Shoulders and Carry You Home. He said, quote, You and I may speak of most eloquently of spiritual things, we may impress people with our keen intellect and interpretation, in intellectual in interpretation of religious topics. We may rhapsodize about religion and dream of our mansion above, but if our faith does not change the way we live, if our beliefs do not influence our daily decisions, our religion is vain, and our faith, if, if not dead, is certainly not well, and is in danger of eventually flatlining. Obedience is the lifeblood of faith. It is by obedience that we gather souls in light into our souls. But sometimes I think we misunderstand obedience. We may see obedience as an end in itself, rather than a means to an end. Or we may pound the metaphorical hammer of obedience against the iron anvil of the commandments in an effort to shape those we love through constant heating and repeated battering into holier heavenly matter. Close quote. Um, again, faith without the works is not well, and it will eventually flatline. And works without faith is, again, not what we want, is... Not uh, is not the means to the end, <coughs> and so yeah, I think that uh, James really does hammer home this point that faith without works is indeed dead. Uh, if there's anything that you've been listening to today that uh, or studying today uh, that you've re re really enjoyed, I'd love to hear you uh, at Matt S Roberts ninety on Twitter or email session at gmail dot com, or at the very least, please leave a, a, a review if you've enjoyed the things you've heard today. Thank you very much for all you that you've. Uh, for all of you listening, and until we meet again.